Sentire Media There you are. Thank you so much for downloading our podcast from Italy on one of the last days of February 27th. It is. It is 7.47 in the a.m. I'm Jason, Ashley, over there. And we come to you from a bright, sunny skies, but snow on the ground here in Piobico, Italia, where we run, own and operate La Tavola Marche, a little agriturismo nestled in the foothills of the Apini Mountains. Good morning. Good morning. Murphy's Law has struck again. <laughs> We've had nothing but beautiful, beautiful. Um, well, we call, see. The, it, I, I'm uh, I'm a little um, nuts because I call it beautiful, but then I bitch about it constantly. We've had really sunny, mild weather um, up until yesterday, and uh, which was they they um, they forecasted a little bit chance of some showers or a little bit of rain coming through nothing big well it turned out they got it wrong big time <laughs> big time we had two opposite uh air masses meet over the top of our house what it seemed like and we had um warm air coming from the south that was bringing warm wet air from like africa and warm wet air then came mixed with a little bit of that cold arctic dry air and it made a thunderstorm over our house and we have snow this morning we have snow <laughs> the why i say murphy's law has struck again is it if you've been listening to the podcast the last few weeks like jason said it's been gorgeous way too warm and dry for winter but beautiful for outside projects we have been tearing down the chicken coop and today yesterday was supposed to be the day we poured cement and didn't happen yesterday it poured and i said wouldn't it be crazy if it snowed and i know you're gonna say actually it can't stick even if it snowed it won't stick it's been too warm well sure enough (laughs) i said that shit coming home last night she's like what if it snowed and i i mocked her oh let's not forget you mocked me when i said let's not leave the cement outside (laughs) <laughs> and you said, it's been so dry. It's okay. fine. <laughs> I have nine bags of Portland cement ready to mix up. I got, got the cement mixer ready to go. And I thought, well, I'll cover it. You know, I'll cover it with a good bit of plastic. I even put um, some of the old uh, corrugated roofing on top of it from the chicken coop with a big giant log. I'm like, it'll be fine. We'll be back tomorrow. It ha- we haven't seen a drop of rain in weeks. Sure as shit. Wind blew the freaking thing right off the top. It became a wing. I found it down the hill in the brush. <laughs> um, and the, of course, the plastic comes off and the cement gets wet. Now, it's not soaking wet. It, luckily, yesterday was so windy and warm still that it, it was just superficially the bags kind of got a little wet. No, but good it, thing you bought twice as much as you need because it was, uh, it was we might be throwing some out. It was ironic. It was ironic. And then unbelievable, the snow. Not forecasted. It's been... 15 degrees. Yeah, 16 yesterday, 17, whatever it was. It was gorgeous. Um, and then last night at about 11 o'clock when we go to shut everything down and, and shut out the lights, I opened the door and it, there's big fluffy... It's uh, stuck to the ground and it is full on snowing. No, we're not talking about a ton. Five centimeters. No. Wet. Real wet, wet snow. It's it's beautifully <laughs> sunny out this morning. What? It sounds like there's not a cloud in the sky. There's no wind and it sounds like it's pouring outside. It's so weird because of all the snow melting. All the snow melting. It really sounds like Through the it's trees. raining. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's so, so no, we'll it's put just off. classic. We the one day we have planned to do something where we really need it to be dry, it pours and then snows. <laughs> We're trying really to get it done this week. Get the cement poured this week because the old Godster has been sniffing. Oh my around, god! And he likes to do his his things his way, and um, he wants to use just 
bunch of recycled materials that which is what the last chicken coop was but his recycled materials are um parts of traverses from uh the giant beams in houses we have them cut up and he wants to use those as the poles posts these posts are so big they are 25 centimeters wide by 35 centimeters it it, it can hold up a house like you could literally hold up a house for this All, or think of like the train track yes or think of a train trestle one of those mm-hmm. stuck vertical, and that's what we need to hold up some corrugated <laughs> metal roofing <laughs> for, for a, a chicken chickens. coop. So I don't want to use that. Um, cheap, crappy lumber. He's drawing plans with using these. Yeah, yeah. cheap, crappy lumber is cheap and crappy, and it's it's not expensive at all. And, you know, the, the stuff you get that's all of it's got a warp or a bend or a twist. It's all the pine. It's like the framing lumber. It's not that expensive. We'll spend maybe 100 euros to make it look... Halfway decent. Not only that, then it's all uniform for trying to put together versus his like hodgepodge of mm-hmm. just so we recycle it. It's like we can use that stuff for many other projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got plenty of stuff I could use train vessel for. So we want to get that poured and get the um, get the project going so that when he shows up on Saturday, uh, it will already be in the works. We can't we can't you know pivot that much from the from the plan. But if it's just a muddy pile of uh dirt you know a flattened out pile oh of yeah dirt. He, it's a blank canvas that's for him. a blank <laughs> canvas baby so we want to get that done um should we start off i was just gonna say where you want to start well we we introduced it's nice out today you want to well we should start with what's dominating the news coronavirus coronavirus okay what do you want to say about it we cannot we live in italy and well, we live in italy so, yay, Italy's number one and in Europe at something. <laughs> it's just, wah, 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 coronavirus. If, if you follow the news here, you would think that we are all dying. Every one of us. You would think that every grocery store is, it looks like the apocalypse is upon us. And people are trapped in their houses. No one's allowed to leave. Everyone should wear masks. It's not really like that. I'm not sure, where we are. Not where we are. I'm sure... Um, in the city, like north of the kind of that line, yes, in some towns. And there are some towns that are on lockdown. But out here, it's kind of businesses. Kind usual. of think of it so far um, between Milan and Bologna drawing a line. And to the right. north, his, across that line is where the majority of cases have been. It kind of followed the autostrada. That's what I mean. it's kind of following the autostrada down. Um, mm-hmm. But... I don't know. What are you going to do? Listen, we already live um, unknowingly to us like preppers <laughs> because we were joking. We'll be the only people who gain weight in a uh, coronavirus crisis The because of the grocery stores and stuff. We have so much food on hand at this house. The only thing that we're missing is like a ton of vegetables. We well, still have some stuff from the garden and you can pick um, some of the Urba di Campo, some of the wild greens right now. But otherwise, we have so much flour or grain that you can make flour we're getting over 90 eggs a week (laughs) if we have to start picking off our hens we have 15 hens and a rooster we got that's quite a bit of time jesus ashley loves it we've got a ton of wine meat and cheese like we are set we would gain weight ashley can't stop watching it she wants updates all the time well i want to go down the rabbit hole on youtube but i'm not allowed (laughs) please don't i know so people who are much smarter than this are working on it don't freak out if you're listening to this it's not like it's a uh pandemic where no one's going outside i mean 
It is what it is. You can believe. The, I'm not a doctor. You can believe whatever you want. We're here. I don't see anyone with masks. The grocery stores are not empty. We were in Fano the other day for Gaji's birthday. And um, Gaji was the only one who was nervous at the dinner for his birthday. And then which, in that case, made everyone make fun of him. Ooh, doctor, did you see the candles on your cake are from, from China? Made in China? Did you see that? Um, <laughs> Careful. But he, does ha- he, works in an, mm-hmm. he works in a clinic, so he is exposed to more people than we are. But, hey, too bad. Get your ass in the clinical, man. Go go save someone. You um, signed up for it. For those of you interested, Gaji loved his bucket. <laughs> did, we talk, did we talk about yes, that? Yes, because remember you said, I can't believe it now that I'm saying it out loud on the podcast, how ridiculous right. this sounds. Th- so we made him a coronavirus emergency kit. Which was perfect. Um, which was perfect. He thought it was hysterical. And we put like whiskey in there and coffee and a book. Of, we talked about it. Yeah. The thing he loved the most was the big, heavy bucket that we brought it in. Because Jason, was, they, they were going over the stuff in the bucket. And Jason was like, you can use the bucket for so many things. And for defense or whatever. And he goes, wait. <laughs> The bucket's part of the gift, and we were like, "Yeah." Oh, I think corrects me if he thought we were taking it back. <laughs> like, take all your shit out of it, old man. All right, give me my bucket back. <laughs> so yes, the bucket was definitely, I think, the highlight for him. Um, so that was great um, to be in Fano and see Gaji and stuff. But it was also like Jason say with the coronavirus, uh, they were shutting Carnival down and everything. This was last weekend, so it was starting to be quieter. But the restaurant was packed. The restaurant was packed. So well, and they. Have- have this week shut down schools mm-hmm. in some areas um i don't know i know what are you gonna do, you gonna do? i got a chicken coop to build exactly Jay, we're just gonna stay here get fat and build the chicken coop there you go um speaking of if the chicken coop doesn't kill us first so <laughs> um as the first day we're gonna do demo uh we're all suited up. Jason's going to be the one breaking it down inside. I'm hauling the um, garbage out and all the extra pieces and organizing them. And we've got our masks on and bundled up. And Hold uh, on. We have masks on, not for the coronavirus, so we don't breathe, like, pulverized chicken grossness yeah just gross. yeah I'm no so <laughs> um we're about an hour into it and i'm not sure if i am going to either pass out or puke because um <laughs> i'm starting to overheat in my clothes however i'm thinking my in my mind i'm like don't take anything off it's layers against the protection of all the dirt and filth but i might just throw up or i might pass out slash hyperventilate because i have a hard time breathing in the mask okay what i do appreciate <laughs> about you is you are a quiet freak out meaning i did not say you it freak same. out in your own head totally which is that's your that's your problem so like, i kept you thinking go, I, <laughs> which i appreciate i appreciate more, that more than if you were freaking out verbally and i have to listen to this nonsense going on ashley really gets in her own head she will um hold things so hard that she gives gave herself tennis elbow from death grip death grip of ever like everything like just really holding the on vacuum. to it. Uh, anything absolutely anything um the mask she can't breathe normally she's like hyperventilating herself it's just a it's just a breathing mask that you would wear if you like um if you're i'd use it all the time for uh weed whacking because i don't like the dust it's not the paper one it's one it's like it's a got step a cartridge up. it's a step up and then i keep thinking i'm all in my head i'm like oh, oh yeah <laughs> i'm like oh my god i'm gonna totally pass out jason's gonna make so much fun he can't know i'm freaking out with the breathing he's so good at breathing this reminds me then so good at breathing <laughs> 
Well, it's a skill I've practiced over many years. I'd like to thank you. My breathing is second to none. It's an in and then an out. Most people go out, out, in. Not me. I mean, controlled breathing, like scuba diving, snorkeling. You're good at this. And then I was like, oh, my God. Controlled breathing. Just breathe normally. I would get in my head and then I'd be like. (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd start sweating and I'd turn around and like take off the mask. And then I was like, stop flitzing with the mask. Now the mask is going to fit right. Now you're going to get all the germs in your head. And I was totally up in my head. Jason declares. And like I said, like he mentioned, didn't even. I never said a peep about this. And all of a sudden, about an hour in, Jason's like, rips off his mask and he's like, I, we got to take a break. I got to get out of this mask. I got to take a break. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> I didn't have to say it. And um, we're starting to take off our masks, get ready to leave the work zone. And the whole time he had been telling me, watch out for nails, watch out for nails. And I was like, duh, I'm watching out for nails. I'm keeping all the wood with the nails sticking out. Sure enough, we go to leave to take our break. Whoop walk right over a tiny just little scrap piece of wood and a nail a huge nail sticking out of it goes right through my shoe into my foot and it was one of those things where it's not like oh it doesn't feel like a stub toe where you immediately want to scream it's the oh shit reaction because you're like that's that was freaking in there this is a thing. <laughs> shit. And I that's exactly what I just said to James. I go, oh shit. I stepped on a nail and he goes, all right, let's go. <laughs> and that was it. And we go jump in the shower and head first to the ambulatory in Urbana. What, and can you explain when the ambulatory, there's like a small pronto socorso, which the is ambulatorial. And it's just a, um, it's like a little small ER. No, it's not an ER. It's a, um, what would you call it? Not urgent care. It's a walk-in clinic. Walk-in clinic. There you go. And supposedly they have a pronto socorso and ER there, but I don't understand how that works. It says it on the door. <laughs> Dude, if you're dying, do not go. No. There. So It'll make you pull a number. <laughs> they're like, no, go up to Urbino, which means another 35 minutes in the car. We head up there, unfortunately, right at lunchtime. Um, I get my number. I get seen. Um actually check in and just get straight sent to, for some reason, an x-ray. The guy's like, why are you down here? I was like, I don't know. They sent me here. (laughs) I'm not wandering down because I want to. Anyway, long story short, three hours in and out, get a shot for um, anti-tetanus, get some antibiotics, and four days later, the swelling finally went down. It just like ballooned up. It was a mess. But the antibiotics were two euro and 50 cents. And I've got to go back in about a week or so for um, the vaccine shot. But the booster. The booster. But, but what th- a freaking disaster. An hour or so into the project. Yeah, no kidding. Injured reserve list. Um, but now, but think about it. You got something now to be in your head about. You know, like you took off the mask, but now you get now, now you get to worry about tetanus for the next four or five Oh, days. yeah. I definitely looked it up a little, but. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Side note, Jason refused to enter the hospital with me uh, to protect No, that's not true. I got to the door of the ER. You pulled your number. Everything was good. And I turned around and walked out. Not only was that place like you look over it. First of all, it was freaking packed. Secondly, everyone looked like miserable and there was like no air. It wasn't hot, but there was like no air moving. It was like stale air. 
And there's coronavirus. I do <laughs> He's not. like, due to coronavirus, I'll wait in the car, which was uh, no problem. I've got stuff to do in there anyway. I'm moving around. Because they took me straight through. The best part for my story was I was in the when you'd go into the back waiting room once you've already kind of entered the system and you're kind of already being seen and waiting now for the doctor and stuff. Um, there's like six, seven people back there kind of in and out. And you start to see the same people coming and going for your kind of three hours in there. And one guy was the self-appointed... Like, a patient. He was a different patient. Yeah, he was patient or waiting for a family member. I don't know. But he was the self-appointed, like, communications director in there. He would ask everyone. He'd start a little, some small chat, a little humor, and ask everyone what was what were they in for. There's um, not a lot of privacy in the waiting room. We've talked about this at the pharmacy also. What is your prescription for? And they go down the line and ask everyone. So it was the exact same. And it's just funny how much information people share in there two people two couples knew each other <laughs> it's just uh it was like a definite water cooler hangout one mom decided to come back into the waiting room to make her probably five phone calls to two different grandmas and three aunts to let them know that the son who was in the emergency room this teenage poor teenage kid who looked like he was 15 16 had a urine infection which to me thought i thought this is an std or something it was hysterical and finally when one of the phone call, after one of the phone calls the communication director is like who are you calling why are you calling so many people and he's she's like well you know the child needs he's got his grandmothers on either side he's got all these aunts that want to know how he is and she gave the same exact report to each phone call it was hysterical so it's a it's a lively bunch in there time flies but um, another great experience with the Italian health system so far. Just on a side note. And what you what your WebMD tell you about tetanus? Lockjaw <laughs> uh, and num- nerve oh, de- death to nerves. Listen, I would be so lucky that you got lockjaw. No talking. You wouldn't be that lucky. No talking. No talking. That oh, would be the man. death to me. Oh my god! <laughs> Take me now. Is it permanent or is it just like, like I don't two know. weeks? How would I even eat properly? Oh, I could blend everything. Up I'd figure out how to talk. <laughs> you know, I would. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. All right, um, Gaji's birthday we talked about. Oh, at Gaji's birthday, there was a lot. Uh, here's something we oh, didn't yeah. realize. Um, you set this up, Ash. Well, we were chatting about, I don't know, we're at a restaurant and something came up about pizza. And um, then they said, oh, this place is so good down the road. And we even had it delivered and it showed up warm. And I was like, oh, yeah, gosh, they deliver. And they said, oh, yeah, we use this app. And... They said, but there's one place. They were like, we get all through all these different apps. There's a handful of restaurants that will now deliver. And I was just shocked uh, immediately because I was like, oh, my God, we really do live so deep in the countryside. None of that is even close well, to available to have, out here. We don't have restaurants. Of course. I mean, I know. There's nothing. No one's Talk driving 45 minutes for a delivery. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... <clears throat> It was funny because as the conversation was going, he goes, it was progressing. He he said, uh, Umberto said, well, you know, there is this one place, this one pizza place, but you have to call them directly. They're not on the app. They'll only deliver if you call them directly. And I thought, that is so interesting. He was saying that as if it was such a foreign idea. And I realized they skipped a step. In the delivery system out here, it's so new to have food delivered to your house from a restaurant that 
99.9% of them are through the app. It's not through. You don't call, you know, the restaurant or the, the pizza place, place. Or the or pizza the, place yeah, or the Thai place or the whatever. And you don't call them. No. I remember calling the place in Brooklyn. Hello, my friends. <laughs> you know? And then you'd have the same delivery guy always. And now it's – it was just interesting. And I, I don't know. I felt like – um, it's funny to be so disconnected from it and then to hear, yeah, they skipped that completely. Now, pizza pizza always delivered. I, they made it sound like this was Babe, a when new we, thing. When we were there on our honeymoon in Rome, whatever, oh, there was sure, pizza sure, delivery. Sure, sure, sure. We're talking Fano. We're yeah. talking still smaller towns. But, but no other restaurants would deliver no. in Italy. No. So it's interesting to see it starting to change and kind of the quick progression of it. Happened fast. Mm -hmm. From people not believing in giving your credit card or first that you'd be raped immediately if you were online talking to to strangers. For sure. Kidnapped something. Kidnapped something. They're coming to your house. They know Mm -hmm. where you live too. We're we're never going to buy anything. We would never do a transaction. You could never put your credit card online. No. To amazon here to now we're using it as a tool to get things like food and Mm -hmm. different services and using apps so it's happened very quick much quicker than it happened in the states uh yeah for the overnightness of it yeah yes because all all that was like it started only a couple years ago versus like in the states when we were in college there were some of those food delivery things what was the red dot thing or the remember we'd get like Ice cream yeah, and... Yeah, you could get anything. It was uh-huh. called like Red Dot or Pink... No, Pink Dot something. something and they'd else. have these boxes that you could yeah. drop it off at. Whatever. Um, but yeah, Italy's... It's a quick progression out here. Something that is not that quick to progress that I am very curious to attend this evening is a tourism, marketing tourism, future of tourism for our area and for Piobico. And... Why I say it does, this doesn't develop fast is because, like, 1% of businesses, I feel like, are even on Google Maps out here or have a website, or let alone if it's when it was updated, 2007, so when it was first made. So I'm really curious to go this evening. I'm full of ideas for Piobacase, but at the same time, I need to just sit on my hands and kind of uh, hear what they have to say, I think. What, what are your thoughts, Jay? For the Piobacase? We fear change. Dude, well, you're, 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 no one's coming out here because they're like, I want a vacation well, to Piobico. That's what we have to realize is that we must work together with other communi- communities to create like a zone of things to do for tourists. Because no one in their right mind ever will say, I'm getting on an airplane and I'm going to Piovico. <laughs> never, never, never. Um, Bucket list. But we have to do what places, other places in Europe and Italy have done. For instance, the Romantic Road through Bavaria. Um, it's all organized, these beautiful roads that you, not only is it you can go between the castles in Bavaria, but you can go on these beautiful scenic tours and they have all the things to do in each town and blah, blah, blah. We need to make something like that for our – so for our little zone of five communes, Sant'Angelo, Piobico, Apecchio, Urbania, Urbania, and maybe Borgo Pace or one of those, um, where you can show a tourist that you can spend, you know, a week or two out here and all the things you can do driving around. But and all the things that people don't even promote that that's the the beauty and the bella and bruttezza, the good and bad of it is you'll have little cheesemakers or you'll have a small breweries and things, but there's not any publication or I don't know how to send our guests to them or are there, are they open for tasting? They can't be counted on. 
but so that's part of the coming together as well and trying to work as a team. Also, they never want none of the communes want to um, give any publicity to a private business or a private anything. So it's always it's. But you must, in order for tourism to come, they want to know what there is to do. And when you tell them, when all it is is castles and museums, then that's not. Mm-hmm. There's so much. There's horseback riding, and there's hiking. There's people that uh, there's people that organize hikes, and there's uh, we organize cooking classes, and um, there's artisans and people who make stuff. And there's a bru- there's a Colasi who does bruised beer, and I mean, there's a ton, a ton of stuff. Um, but no one knows, but no one knows about it. So, so like I said, I'm full of ideas, I'm going to have to be sitting on my hands in that. I'm sure I'll wait till the end and bombard Just remember them. your, your ideas that cannot have money. It can't cost any money. I agree. Well, your, your one the other day was to turn Piobico into an edit. what did you call it? An edible city. City. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or I like the idea of like once upon a time in Italy where we celebrate or we promote all these old times. Like well, use what we've got. That's the if thing. it's an old timey place, promote that. Like you're not gonna it's gonna be a step back in time. It's where you go to disconnect. It's you'll it's, see the basket maker and you'll see some of these things the ca- but it's also like Jason still said, organizing with having the castle open or having events that are b- more uh, publicized better for foreigners and things, but we—that's oh, a great point, though. We need to embrace our isolation. Mm-hmm. That there's not a lot of places anymore that are like this that are so quiet. You know, it's just the natural beauty, and then you know, kind of untouched and unspoiled, mm-hmm. and you get off the beaten path a little bit. And we need to embrace that part of it instead of looking at it as We're a, like embrace our crappy road. It's the charm. It's, absolutely. <laughs> you know? I mean, well, what else? You, well, you have two things. You either exactly. own it or fix it. Exactly. If they're not fixing it, let's own it. That's what I mean. Exactly. So that'll be interesting. That's this evening and 8.30. Whew, a little past my bedtime to be going out. You're leaving the house at 8.30? Well, I got to leave before, but yes. <laughs> Actually stills under the assumption that this is going to start on time. Oh, my God. And <laughs> who knows how long this will last. Jeez. 13 years in. 13 years in. Ashley shows up for this stuff all the time, 15 minutes early. And Should so- I bring a bunch of eggs to give away? Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding, but not. Hey, uh, who wants eggs at the end? <laughs> just hand out. Just hand out eggs. eggs. Put it in your pocket. We, we're out of egg carriers, which is why one of the problems uh, giving people eggs is you just give them like a bag of. Here's a sack of eggs. Here's a sack of eggs. <laughs> Careful with them. They ain't hard boiled. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely going to stick around. I'm not sure what else we have going on. Uh, since it's too wet, since um, the snow is currently melted, oh, it's almost all, it's mostly melted, but it's going to be a muddy mess. We'll oh. give it a day to dry out down there, and we'll pour our cement tomorrow. I would like to. Jason oh. was playing with the idea of still doing it today, this yeah, morning, but I don't think th- I don't think it's a good idea. It's just going to be mud. Like we'll just walk around. It's just going to make muddy mess. We'll give it a day. Um, we can now um, start to prune the trees with their fla- their blooming dead flowers. Oh my god, exactly. Literally yesterday too, I was like, oh, look at those plum trees. They are in full bloom. They exploded overnight. And then <laughs> overnight again, <laughs> they have died. <laughs> oh my god, the next one night they look like spring and the next it's death. Oh my god. Well, welcome to this is going to be a weird March, April. I'm worried for just the 
temperature? What are we gonna like? We're, we're gonna. I'm. I got a lot of plants going in the ground. <laughs> I'm getting starting seeds. Uh, my my on, uh, little Beppe's onions that we sprouted look great. Yep. So. Yeah, so all yeah, the onions we did like 500 or so that we started and they're it's looking really good. Yeah, they the, they are looking good. We're warm. How how big are they, would you say? Oh, they're just sprouts. I know, but just to give an idea. Um uh 3 centimeters 3 centimeters, centimeters after about 2 weeks or so. There's but they grow slow and it's mm-hmm. we're we're they 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 are born, which yeah. is the most important part. All right, uh, bring us home, and then you'll... I'm going to read a chapter yeah. from the book. Stick around, and thanks for listening to the podcast. You can find us at Latavola Marche, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Latavola Marche. Shoot us an email, info at latavolamarche.com, and ask your questions for the podcast. Stick around for another chapter of the untitled, unpublished, unfinished chapter summaries, random bits of the book. Have a great day. All right. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around for another chapter of the book. Um, And again, these are kind of chapter summaries and story ideas. And I have not read this in like five plus years. So bear with me. All right. Chapter 23. These are uh, stories of our first year or so here in Italy. All right. Chapter 23. Feasts and Festivals. There were plenty of days without a soul in sight and no guests on the books. Just the two of us gardening or keeping busy with little outside projects while the kittens followed behind. The house was spotless, the lawn mowed, and the pool clean. The weekends were packed with medieval festivals in the surrounding villages, celebrating either the siege of the castle or the harvest of a potato. (laughs) Strolling along the hay-covered cobblestone streets of the 12th century village of Lunano, the villagers had all dressed up in medieval costume, with vendors blowing glass, making shoes, whittling, you know, old-timey shit. (laughs) I was eating it up like I do every festival, both figuratively and literally. Dressed in a white sleeveless flowy dress with a pretty simple pattern of golden sequins, my tan looked a shade darker, my hair twisted into a high bun on top of my head. I looked like a Greek goddess, or so I thought. And Jason didn't look half bad either. In a green linen shirt and shorts, I couldn't help but give his tush a squeeze. We meandered around town, perusing, perusing the stands and artisans, and like a moth to a flame, we miraculously ended up in the food court area. Fresh homemade pasta cooked perfectly for 300 at a time. It's insane how they do it. Jason is amazed. We wait in line, really a bum rush by hungry Italians to the counter to order piadine, flatbread and grilled sausages. While in line for our dinner and funny little trio of vagabonds playing the flute, fiddle, and tambourine began their concert in front of us. I happily swayed to the music when the next thing I knew I was being pulled into the center of the newly formed ring to dance with the flute player. I improvised and did my best jig, loving every minute of it. Jason was cracking up and not the least bit surprised to see that I would somehow end up in the center of it all. The chubby, hairy, sweaty, and totally adorable musician kissed my hand and bowed at the song as the song ended. I curtsied and found my smiling husband watching from the side. With our sausage piadina in hand, we sat on the edge of the city's ancient wall, overlooking the fields and once feudal territory. We could hear the marching band begin to play somewhere in the distance, the music getting closer with every beat. As the colorful flags trembled in the breeze with excitement, as the band entered the main piazza, the entire royal court in full costume followed. 
I can't imagine how hot they must have been under the heavy layers of fabric. Once they were seated and after about an hour of pomp and circumstance, the medieval Olympics began with jousting, flag throwing, sword fights. It was spectacular. Spectacle. My inner drama nerd was amazed by the sets, costumes, and coordination of it all. It was just so over the top. I wondered what the local auditions were like for the starring roles of the Duke and Duchess. I leaned closer to Jason, offering a sip of my wine. Sure, there were bills to pay and fear of paying rent come November, but God, life was good. It felt like we were back on our honeymoon. You know, Ash, let's do a thank you lunch for Fabio and his friends, Jason suggested. You are so right. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't have had half the bookings. And I want to show them what I've learned. I was thinking a big pool party. I could do a bunch of antipasti first and then a good old pizza party. I love it. Done. I'll call Fabio in the morning. Finally, we can do something for him. Two weeks later, 25 Italians arrived with their bathing costumes, <laughs> ready for a good time. The kitchen was immediately flooded with fast hands reaching for cutting boards and knives, deep in their own conversation and stopping quick enough to show Jason what they were doing. We had lost total control of the kitchen, but it was great to watch the whirlwind around us. Jason and I stepped back to Stepped back and shrugged our shoulders, not sure what exactly was happening. Sweating the onions, you'll see, Mirko said. Over six feet tall, rail thin with wire-rimmed glasses and a goofy smile arriving from Pesro with sacks of Farina di America, a type of high-gluten flour, and an age-old family recipe for pizza dough using beer and milk. The group of 30-something Italians remind us to always listen to Mama. No matter what age, you should not make it to competition in the pool after you have eaten. This can result in a near-fatal side cramp. (laughs) An ambulance was almost called at the exact moment Jason was plating antipasta. I looked out the window to see four women in their bikinis on their knees praying and fawning over Fabio. Oh, my God. Suck it up, I said to Jason, shocked to find women and men damn near in their 40s acting so dramatic. But they were sincerely worried. At the risk of destroying Jason's stuffed zucchini, we waited, not so patiently, for Fabio's cramps to pass, and we finally attempted to serve lunch. (laughs) This is until there was a bit of ruckus about where was lunch being served. Outside in this glorious weather, under a few umbrellas, I heard the concerned words of Sammy, Fabio's fiancé, non fa bene. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Even on the most spectacular day, Italians cannot sit and eat lunch in the direct sun or, God forbid, a slight passing breeze, no matter how warm or perfect of the day. Because... Non fa bene. You won't digest well. It's no good. This has resulted in a comedy of errors of arranging umbrellas to cover every square inch of skin. And for those men that didn't mind and risked it all sitting in the sun, well, I can't make air guarantees. <laughs> you won't have indigestion or die of the plague before you make it home. Once everyone was seated, we noticed a side note. This is hysterical because this also happens where the oldest person in the group makes the decision. How is the air in the room? Do we open the windows? Do we keep the windows closed? Do we sit outside? Do we sit inside? This is a partial reason why we stopped doing lunches for Italians. <laughs> okay, back to the book. Once everyone was seated, we noticed that Italians, more often than not, eat segregated. Women at one end, gossiping endlessly, while at the other end, men chain smoking without caring the world, and the children run wild. Every so often, when the kids caused too much of a ruckus, one of the moms would get up screaming and swatting as many kids as she could reach. With flames licking out the top of the outdoor wood oven, Jason pushed back the fire and prepared the stone for the pizza. 
for the first pizza. Golden dust of semolina covered the table as he rolled his first his dough, topping the fresh, uncooked tomato sauce with slices of mozzarella carefully slid into the oven. 90 seconds later, it was done. Salty anchovies, thin slices of potatoes, ricotta, rucola. The pizzas kept coming and the hungry Italians kept eating and stood to applause the pizzaiolo, the pizza maker. We should do this every week, I suggested. Man, I didn't move to Italy to just make pizza, Jason said. Yeah, but you're pretty damn good. Have you tried this pizza? Well, it ends up this recipe has become our no-fail dough for every pizza week since, and thus our famous weekly Thursday night pizza night. The dough is soft, slightly sweet, and perfectly puffy. It makes for a delicious thin crust every time. All right, I'll do one more quick chapter. Chapter 24, A Farmer's Mouth. The grocery store was full of afternoon usuals, old ladies and school kids running in to pick up a few items. There we ran into Giancarlo and Jackie with their kids, Mar- Marielena and Sebastiano, Mari and Sebi, in the dairy aisle. These are our neighbors. Every time Sebi and Jason, every time Sebi sees Jason, he goes totally bonkers. Jason is like his fun, crazy uncle getting him all riled up just before he is sent home to his parents. Today was no different. They exchanged karate chops and I beca- began telling a very animated story about car problems we've been having. I was actually telling a story in Italian and thinking, damn. I'm really talking, conjugating verbs properly. They're following everything I'm saying. I continue on with the story. The mechanic told Jason, tutto posto, it's all good. Well, on his way home, the tire blew and Jason shouted. I thought I'd really drive the point home and punch it up with a curse word. Porca Madonna. I had just compared the Madonna to a pig, which is the most dangerous blasphemia possible and essentially translated into what would be motherfucker, but only on a biblical level. I had no idea a word that sounded like a barn animal could cause such a stir. From the moment those two words escaped my lips, I could see the slow motion reaction in Jackie's face as her eyes widened in horror. The Nona scrutinizing apples shakes her head in disgust. Giancarlo looks to his wife to say something because he's on the verge of laughter. What you just said, Ashley, is not a beautiful thing, Jackie schooled me. That I had a farmer's mouth, the equivalent to a trucker's mouth in the States, and when it's appropriate or inappropriate to open it. The judging eyes of the elderly were too difficult to bear, so Jason, thoroughly embarrassed, sent me to the car to wait for him while he finished shopping. What are you, 12? He asked, climbing back into the car. No, I was just so excited to be telling the story in the first place. I thought I'd jazz it up at the end. Did I not say it right? (laughs) Well, it ends up, Gaji has... it So... It ends up when I ask them, did I, what, what did I do wrong? They, I said, I've heard you all use this word before. They said, well, of course we have. We just don't shout it in the grocery store. <laughs> and it ends up Gaji has the dirtiest mouth of us all. In the garden, he curses up a storm, teaching Jason the basics during everyday activities, preparing him in profanity like it's an art, while learning the incontrol intricacies of shit talking while we've simultaneously cleaned up our act as uncluttered barbarians without a second thought jason lays down the tablecloth for every meal and sambuca is offered with every cafe a courteous nod is shared by each passing car which is one of my hands down favorite parts of living in the country the wave and I would never serve spaghetti number two with a matriciana. Rosanna has taught me better than that. I'm even starting to get used to the saltless bread. It's beginning to settle in. We're becoming Italian. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Have a wonderful week. And hopefully we'll be back soon. Ciao, ciao.
Sentire Media Hey podcast producers and show hosts, do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.